So I'm assuming that you came today because of the title of the sermon. <laughs> Not. Okay. So I don't know if you noticed, but the title of the sermon is Community Chest, The Meaning of the Tithe. And my goal today is I want to reclaim the meaning of the tithe for all of us. I have been studying the, what the tithe meant for ancient Israel for two years as, as part of my schooling and my doctoral work. And I wanna go ahead and be upfront with you about one difficult truth. There is, there's just not a really provocative story in all of scripture about the tithe blessing an entire community. I wish there was. There's this one passage in Nehemiah and they're the celebrating the temple and it says that the people brought forth their tithes. It's like three sentences. And so I want you to know we're up against really our imaginations for what it would have looked like, what it can look like, but what we can know is how it was set up in the book of Deuteronomy, how it was set up for God's people. And so that's what we're gonna focus on today. So as we prepare to hear God's word, let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for, you are so much bigger than any of our plans. You are always doing big work in our lives. And God, this is your church. And so we ask that as we hear this ancient word, as we discover this ancient culture, that it might not be so ancient but it might be able to seep into our very beings and we would be each reminded who we have been created to be. We pray this in Christ's name, amen. So this comes from the 14th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy just means the second law. The first law was given in Exodus. This is the second law and it's, this is God speaking to Moses about how the Israelite people are supposed to do community. And here is what he says. He says, set apart a tithe of all the yield of your seed that is brought in yearly from the field. In the presence of the Lord your God, in the place that he will choose as a dwelling for his name, you shall eat the tithe of your grain, your wine, and your oil, as well as the firstlings of your herd and flock, so that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. But if, when the Lord your God has blessed you, the distance is so great, because you live far away, that you are unable to transport it, that is the tithe, because the place where the Lord your God will choose to set his name, the temple, is too far away from you, then you may turn it into money. With the money, secure in hand, go to the place that the Lord your God will choose, go to the temple, and spend the money <laughs> for whatever you wish, oxen, sheep, wine, strong drink, or whatever you desire. And you shall eat there in the presence of the Lord your God, you and your household rejoicing together. And as for the Levite residents in your towns, do not neglect them because they have no allotment or inheritance with you. And then every third year, you shall bring out the full tithe of your produce for that year and you shall store it within your towns. 
as the Levites because they have no allotment or inheritance with you, as well as the resident aliens, the orphans, and the widows in your towns, so that they may come and eat their fill, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work that you undertake. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So it is the year 1250 BCE. It's in the area that we now today would call Israel, but we're in 1250, and so this area is called the land of Canaan. I want you to meet Nathaniel and his wife, Zora. This year, their harvest has been lush. They are farmers. They weren't expecting it because the winter was colder than normal, but because their property gets afternoon sun, the sun was able to produce enough warmth and to, so that the crops could flourish. You can tell, look at them, they are overjoyed, almost giddy with the abundance that their God, Jehovah, has given to them. Just on the other side of the hill they live on, I want you to meet Gamaliel and his wife, Natasha. They are brand new to the land of Canaan. They have immigrated from the north. Unfortunately, they arrived too late in the year to plant anything on this land, and so their harvest is lean. They are scared and hungry and worried. How will they feed their family of six? I guess like before, they will just have to move again to find a place where life is more sustainable. Maybe they will go south where it's warmer or west where there is water. In no time, they pack up their few possessions that they have, they get their children, and they head west over the hill right into the lush harvest of Zura and Nathaniel. With heads down in shame, they continue to walk through the fields, and Zura yells to them, peace be with you. Well, they turn because someone's yelling. They have no idea what she said because they don't speak the same language. And Zura walks over to them and she has this basket and it's overflowing with turnips and rutabaga and cabbage and onions. And it has been days since Gamaliel and Natasha and their family have eaten. And they know what to do. They grab that basket, bow in thanks, and they turn and walk back towards the camp from which they came and begin cooking for their family. The next morning, with renewed strength, Natasha goes back to try to offer thanks to Zura. And so she walks onto the farm, and there Zura is once again in the fields. And so she walks up to her, and she just leans over, hands to heart, and bows in gratitude. And Zura receives her gratitude. She opens her arms with thanks. And then Natasha turns to walk away, but Zura motions for her. So she follows her to the edge of the field, and she notices that the edges have been untouched. And so Zura begins to pick, pick the pieces of wheat and put them into a basket, and she motions for Natasha to do the same thing. And Natasha thinks, oh, I'm earning my keep for what they gave me yesterday. 
And so she begins to do the same thing. She just follows and she's working for hours, filling up this basket and it's full to the brim with wheat. And she brings it over to the storehouse and she goes to set it down and Zura pushes it back, pushes it back into her arms and says, you keep it. And so with gratitude, she, she turns and she heads back to their little camp. Well, Gamaliel, the next day, the husband, he is getting very concerned. Maybe he needs to be the one to go over and deal with this couple who for some reason continue to give his family free things. Oh, they must be thinking that we are acquiring a debt with them. I must go see about this. And so he walks back over and he walks right up to Nathaniel. And he, and he says, why? Why? Why this? And Nathaniel realizes, oh, he doesn't know. And so Nathaniel leans down and he grabs up some dirt and he says, and he grabs this and says, and then he says, points to all this lush, and he says, and he says, Yada, Yehovah, give thanks to the Lord. Now, while this story is a complete figment of my imagination, this is how I imagine one of the most central values of what it meant to be an Israelite, and this value that God desired for God's people. And it is this value that is fundamental before we even talk about tithes or offerings, and that is live with radical gratitude. The Israelite people had just come out of this slavery. We know that only one even made it into the promised land. Most of the people that came into the promised land, they had been born, they were young, they were under the age of 40. They had lost everything. Look at what God has done, who literally has given us every single good thing from our life. And it is from this core value of radical gratitude that out of that comes the concept of generosity. Out of that comes the concept of offering. Out of that comes the concept of a tithe being birthed. So the word tithe it's only found two dozen times in the whole Old Testament. It means ma, it's, it, in Hebrew it's ma aser, and the, the reason we, we know it means a tenth is because aser means a tenth. Like why did God choose a tenth? You ever wondered that? Like why wasn't it a quarter of what we produced? We don't know, but what we do know is this. We know that the ma'aser that the Israelites had was different than every other ancient Near East culture around it. The concept of a tithe was not new. All the cultures around would have their people, the masses, bring a tithe to the king. That is how the kingdom was sustained, but it is only in the Israelite culture that the tithe went to caring for those without, specifically the stranger, the foreigner, and the alien. Totally set them apart from every other culture. What we know about the tithe are two things. And the first is that it was set up so that everyone in the community would be cared for. 
regardless of your status, regardless of your membership, regardless of your tribe. So this was to ensure the care, the well-being of the entire community. So those that did not have good harvests, those that showed up too late and didn't have a chance to plant anything, those who maybe got injured while they were planting something and so weren't able to work their land, those, they were covered. They were covered and provided for because of the year of the tithe. You heard it, they, they would store every year all of their grain so that in the third year, enough would be given out so that those without or those that had lean years, everybody would share with one another. This is a core value of who it is to be a follower of God. And for them, because of all that God had done, and God, we know, in God's very self-practices, lives into radical gratitude in that he even gave his own son for all of us. There's only one response to practice radical gratitude back. Second, what sets apart the Israelite tithe, and this is the part that I think I really, really has been lost, maybe since the times of Deuteronomy. Look back at what verse 26 says. You shall eat there. You shall eat your tithe in the presence of the Lord your God, you and your household lamenting and with your heads down because you're giving money that could have gone to a fabulous vacation. No. (laughs) You shall eat there in the presence of the Lord your God, you and your household rejoicing together. The tithe was a gift that God gave to humanity so that we would not forget what amazing things we need to celebrate that God is doing, so that we would never tire of rejoicing together, that we would constantly be practicing this radical gratitude. See, the tithe is more than just a gift given. It is more than just a click on pay now or the writing of a check. It is more than just making a commitment to your church. The tithe was a gift that one gave and partook in and feasted in and shared and enjoyed with one another. It was literally created to be part of what it meant to be a follower of God. That every day, every day during the week, every day during the year, you would remember, I must keep a portion aside. Not just to give, but because my God is at work. I must keep a portion aside because I, my ancestors didn't get to make it here. I must, must keep a portion aside because how great and majestic and awesome is my God. So here's the thing, faith family. As your head of staff and as the moderator of your session, I do hope that you will work towards a tithe, I do. This year, we're gonna be able to give over $400,000 to our local and global partners. That's amazing. And we do that because we all pool together. I'm excited. I I would love in the future for us to increase our percentage that we give away. You know, we have goals of giving up to 20% of our operating budget out the door. So the more you give, the more we can give, yes. I also want us to be a church that that is able to provide for staff in such a way that they can thrive in such a difficult housing market. 
So I want to be able to attract staff and keep staff here. So yes, as the head of staff, I want you to. But I have to tell you, as your pastor, I would say something very, very differently. Because I think practicing radical gratitude is an act of faith. And I think it connects you more deeply to the core of who we were created to be as God's people. It's this DNA, literally, and when you do what your body is supposed to do, you just react better. So with each breath, gratitude. With each day, gratitude. With each season, gratitude. In the good times, gratitude. In the bad times, gratitude. In my home church, whenever we would collect the plates, I wonder if any of y'all were like this, when the plates would come forward and presented, the gifts were presented, the whole congregation would stand and would sing together the doxology, doxologos, it just means a word of praise, a word of thanks. It was the, the, the gift for the community to rejoice together. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. Praise God uh, in heaven and in earth, and praise God, you heavenly ghost. I messed that up, but you know what I mean. <laughs> we all sing it now? Stand. God from whom all blessings May it be so in my life and in yours.